Welcome to The Maker and The Merchant with Fergus Elias and the Isaacs. And yeah, that's what I meant when I said we're going to have a kiff time, mate. Yeah, yeah. Talking about having a kiff time, um, I understand that one of the two hosts of this podcast has recently been to see Mr. Bruce Springsteen. Can you confirm or deny these these rumours and allegations, Ferg? I'm in the hotel room, Lee. I'm in the hotel room. <laughs> you slept longer than you'd anticipated, didn't you, Ferg? I did. <laughs> How did Bruce Springsteen feel about having to play for four hours? I, I, honestly, that man does not stop. <laughs> it was it was amazing, but I, I, he did. I think a three hour set. He's wow. seventy five. I can't do anything for three I, hours now. I can't. I, I don't do things I enjoy for three hours, and I'm no. barely. I'm, I mean, I'm very nearly forty. I'm so close to forty. I might as well be forty. But hey, I've got an interesting fact about Bruce Springsteen for you. Go I don't on, know then. if you know this. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's known as the boss. Well, Indeed. that's not always been the case. Um, before I met him, he was only known as the assistant manager. And then <laughs> I taught him how to play the key of G, open, and and the bar variations. And yeah. that was it. He was off, and he, he became known as the boss. Oh, wow. So did he work his way up, you know, from assistant manager to general manager, and then... and then well, you know... for, for, for a long time, he was assistant to the manager. Ah, that's a good one. Um, you know, he started off as my—he actually started off as my guitar technician. Um, did he? Yeah, he did. Uh, but again, I had to—I had to teach him. He still did. If you watch him when he tunes his guitar, you watch him. He—he he, he mouth. You can see his mouth moving. He goes, hmm. "Easter bunnies get down at Easter," which is how every guitarist remembers standard tuning. There isn't a single guitarist out there. I don't care how professional or how good they are that does not remember yeah. standard guitar tuning that way. You see, I always thought that he learnt on the streets of Philadelphia. Well, he had a hungry heart, so, you know, he, he chased me down. And to mm. be honest, it, it was hot in the city, so I said, let's go in, into this aircon room and I'll, I'll teach you how to tune your guitar. Again, I heard that he learned to tune on the river near my hometown. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yeah, he was just yes. sat there waiting on a sunny day, oh. um, and he was waiting. He was actually waiting for someone to pay his money down. Um, was, was that when but, he had to go to Atlantic City? I think it was, and I think it was, um, you know, somewhere oh. on Tenth Avenue. Tenth Avenue. It was. It was quite cold, though. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Cause I remember saying to him, "You've got to be careful because there's a rising." <laughs> Seriously, though, I how, met him. How, the first first time I met him, though, he was um, he was actually dressed um in a beret and he had like stripes on and onions around his neck and i was like mate that's a brilliant disguise oh oh um, i i went on i went on a carnival ride that he was running um Mm. yeah it was it was the tunnel of love oh and not thunder road oh what a tune that is what (laughs) with an act like 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 bruce springsteen who's been going so long Mm. You go, oh, favourite tunes. Like You just can't. But there are certain songs like he has to play. Yeah. Like, if he didn't play, like, I, I was very lucky to see the Stones last year, you know, and yeah, if they didn't like, play Satisfaction, um, you know, if, if you see U2 and they don't play Where the Streets Have No Name, 
if you if you see me and I play anything, I'm the opposite of that. You see me and go, oh, good, just don't play anything that'll be the perfect gig. Um, I don't know if yeah. you know that the last the last time I properly played live, yeah, um, not that I've ever played properly anywhere live or not. The last time I properly played live was in a pub in Oxford called the Cape of Good Hope. Um, yeah. It has since been renamed the Cape of No Hope. But, um, <laughs> that was the last place where I, I g- genuinely that that, played live. Would you say that that test that set was tougher than the rest? Oh, very much so. Very much so. They they actually sent me off to Nebraska. <laughs> after that. I've now but, run out of spring sea songs. So <laughs> but how out. how was and and not only have you got to see the boss, you've got to see like Nils Lofgren and Stephen Van Zandt. Amazing. You know, all I mean, Nils great musicians. dressed as like an age Jack Sparrow is quite a surreal experience. But my goodness, I mean the E Street Band, how they're still alive is is a wonder. They were fabulous. Tremendous, aren't they? Tremendous. Yeah. The, the, the last time I saw them, you know, the crowd hold up placards with songs on, and I can't remember mm. which song, but it was like a properly early, like early album song. And yeah. Springsteen sort of like the rest of the band went off for a beer or something, and Springsteen gets an acoustic out, starts singing it. It gets about halfway through the first verse, and he went, "I, I need a capo because I can't sing that high anymore." And he had to start again. <laughs> but then the cheek of it, right? He's got the crowd, yeah. it's mid, midway through the set, the crowd are up, we're going, the bouncing as you do. Mm. And he's got down into the crowd, and there's a guy got a full pint of beer, and Springsteen's taken this guy's beer and saluted the crowd with it, and you're like, yeah, Bruce! And then he's necked it in one, and, and your first thought is, that's really impressive. Secondly, you go, that cost that fella about eight quid. Yeah, you cheapy cheap. bastard. Not cheap at all. No. We were at Villa Park, which I don't... That is cheap. That's the Midlands, right? I mean, they're to pay well, you to be there, I surely. Mean, this was my reasoning, but actually, no, I I felt violated, um, not only by the bar prices, but also the queues to reach the aforementioned bar. Indeed. Uh, pretty, pretty tough, but my goodness, what a performance. What a man. What a, I can't believe it. Just Very good. Hero, legend, mm. and, and, you know... It, when you when you can write songs that last that long and still sound so fresh and vibrant and relevant, you, you, Thunder Road will never not be relevant. You'll always you, you'll always listen to that as a team and go fuck yeah, Born yeah. to Run. You listen to that as a team. Any uh, uh, teams mm. in the future, I'm sure, will listen to that and go yeah that that's what. It, obviously, yeah. the cars will be flying by then. But uh, I'm, no, I'm, 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 still, I'm glad still you enjoyed. waiting for bloody cli- flying cars. I was promised those when I was at school. Wait, did more than promise you one of those for your courtesy car, or? Yeah, no, more than still haven't actually fixed my car. Uh, I but I do have a courtesy car. I've got my Citroen C3 um, box. Uh, I, I I don't I, I'm not that sort of guy. Like as a wine educator, it's easy to become that guy. But I'm I'm not normally that guy. But I, I wanted to pick you up on. From the last episode on your pronunciation, um, I think you'll find it's technically pronounced Shitron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, really, I do really uh, clever humour, um, especially do, here do. at TM yeah, and TM. I mean, it was, it, it is. I'm still bloody got it. Um, it is awful. Um, I hate it. I want, I want, <laughs> I want red. And I, every time I call. Uh, every time I call the insurers and say, "Oh, so any word on my car?" They're like, "Oh, yeah, no, I'm afraid, Mister Alice, we've uh, not been able to find a garage that'll take it yet." I'm just like, "What's wrong with this car?" What? 
yeah, yeah. It, no, it's just sorting out a wheel, right? I mean, it's yeah, either that or giving me my 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 payout. I don't really care which anymore. Um, I mean, ideally, I'd get the car back, but <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's um, anyway. the listeners probably not that interested in. I I, I don't know. I think our our listener. Um, well, we we actually now I think technically have three listeners, don't we? We have hashtag Ferg's mum, hashtag Jack's mum, mm-hmm. hashtag Ben Ludford, hashtag not Ben's mum. Yeah, I know uh, Ben's mum's next on my list, uh, but I actually I can confirm <laughs> Alex Taylor of the Online Wine Club mm-hmm. is a listener. Well, look at this hashtag. Alex Taylor. I, I also believe Tim Carlyle. Alex Taylor, and then in brackets, the other Alex Taylor. The other Alex Taylor. Well, well, I, the I, other I, Alex Taylor, the other Alex Taylor. I don't know which one came first. Well, who, like chicken I, it, and the egg, isn't it? It, it? It's matter antimatter if you put them together in the same room and they meet, which is why mm. I, I had to stand between them at the IEWA because I was just, you know, I thought it was going to bring about the, the end of times, the end of times. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, I believe we've also got uh, a Mr. Mike Boyne who continually reveals himself to be one of the world's nicest people. Uh, I, nice I, I won't say any more than that, but he is what a guy. Uh, yep. And Tim Carlyle, also one of the world's nicest people. Um, I, I mean, you know, these these listeners, what, what are they? Have they not heard like other wine podcasts that are actually good? I think that the internet is only just becoming a thing where they are. And actually, they, no other podcasts have reached them yet. Um, well, Tim why. Carlyle doesn't live a huge distance from me. And I can confirm that, that where I live, we have to communicate via carrier pigeon. Oh, the carrier pigeon system. Very good. Yeah. And, um, and and just, just recently, we have had a bit of a furore because it appears that somebody has, has both eaten, both shot and eaten speckled Jim. <laughs> Did they eat this delicious plump breasted pigeon? <laughs> Deny everything, Baltric. <laughs> so good. Uh, that episode's so, great because so it's got Jeremy Hardy in it and he's very missed. Very much missed uh, Jeremy Hardy. Yeah, Jeremy Hardy Speaks to the Nation is possibly one of my favourite radio comedies of all time. Brilliant. Really clever. Really Hilarious funny. individual and, and underrated actually in Massive. the in the wider world of you know TV radio comedy I think underrated. Mm. Um, totally. But anyway, anyway, we've done the boss. Let's 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 work through this um, non-script that we don't have. Um, Ferg, I am currently as we record. I am currently in a hotel in Brighton in the Metropole, and I realised that the last time I was here was 2016 when I was a delegate at the International Cool Climate Wine Symposium, which was even cooler than it sounds, despite the fact they let me in. You know, I never actually got to go to that, and it's something I've never forgiven my work for. There were only so many tickets. Balfour was sponsoring it. Um, apparently, Junior Sellerhand didn't make the grade. So that is that, that is, what you wish. It, the only reason I actually attended was I'd heard there was going to be a junior seller hand who was going to be making big news in English wine. Yeah, making waves. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, no, I missed that. Dad was there. Um, big old OEE. But, yeah, no, I wasn't there. Um, I think that's when I, I first met your... That's when I first met your father. Um, yeah, I did. So the company I worked with, we, we were one of the minor sponsors because you had layers of sponsorship. 
uh, and mm. we were one of the minor sponsors, which meant that I got to attend and I got a cool badge, like, but a really high quality badge. It's like it's not just like cheap nasty metal. It's quite a thick, shiny. Yeah, so, I mean that was it. Was worth it just to get that, so I can go. Hey, I've got I've got an ICCWS badge. What have you got? Nothing. Nothing. That's, Nothing. that's what you've got. And I've got a little yeah. red badge because I, I did the WCT diploma. So, I mean, that made it all worthwhile. Uh, you see, the badges thing. I, yeah, my, some of my team have recently very done very well and successfully passed their W sets. And I was just looking at them and I was like, oh, yeah, you've got the badges. I never did my W sets. So it's it's yet another reason in, for me to in, some in, stage <laughs> sit down and do it. <laughs> Balfour or Sheath. WSCT does you. No, that, that, that doesn't quite work. You're not quite, but close. Um, close. Yeah. close. Have you, um, you know, obviously you're not fine. Have you got any stories about Brighton at all? Fun fun things you've done in Brighton? Um, if well, I was to peer into your past. Um, well, I know where you're going with this. Uh Yes, I have. I have. Well, I have a long and 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 colourful. Yeah, we can all brag, Ferg. Um, <laughs> um, I went to school in Brighton, so I I boarded and lived in Brighton for five years, and um, and I, I the story that you're desperately trying to crowbar in here is 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 I believe the peer to peer swim, um, so. Because Brighton College was a, it's a public school, and you know they have charitable status, so actually you have you have to do you have to do, do a bit, bit of charity stuff. And um, I was part of a part of a group who decided that it would be really fun and hilarious to swim from the West Pier in Brighton, which is the burnt out pier, uh, mm-hmm. to the Palace Pier, which is the still standing, but God knows how here um in february wearing nothing but uh comical thongs uh so mine was mine was a cockerel um and if you squeezed it and but I what shit thong you did not, you wear it, <laughs> i shit you not if you squeezed it it would crow um <laughs> what about the thong ferg hey <laughs> Um, and so yeah, no, we all had different thongs on. So there was a, I think there was a cow, there was a sheep, there was a cockerel, that was me, a dog, and we swam from pier to pier in February. It was, it was Baltic. One of the guys did pick up a minor case of hypothermia and have to go home for three or four days before he came back. Um, but the plus side was that we raised twelve grand for that. Wow. Uh, was pretty good, I, and was that um, the was that was was that the bail money or? Uh, <laughs> no, luckily in February the seafront is actually very empty uh, because it's Baltically cold. Um, but yeah, no, um, I say not something I'd repeat, but I did then repeat it. Uh, we did the same so thing it, the next you did year, it only in again. March again. Pretty, fool pretty me, cold. fool me once, shame. No, I, I can't think of the proverb. Sorry, no, it, it doesn't work anyway. It doesn't apply to this. It was all in a good no. cause. Um, and I've actually just sent you a photo that I managed to dig up uh, 
<laughs> we needed something for the TM and TM. And, uh... Oh my! Uh, oh dearie me! Nobody yeah. needs to. Dear listener, no, nobody needs to see these. Um... Yeah, oh, I'm the word. guy in the red swimming hat. Who's if I if I get drunk in town and arrested tonight, they're going to look at my phone and, well, yeah. I mean, actually, now looking at that, I remember that most of us are minors in that picture. Well, I, 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 I didn't know you were friends <laughs> with Arthur Scargill. <laughs> Topical um, yeah. humour. Topical humour, dear listener. That's my speciality. It's called satire. <laughs> What's satire? It's got animals in it. Very goodly. Go directly to Oxford. <laughs> yeah, no, so that was that was the thing. But I, I loved my time in Brighton. It's, it's still my favourite city in the whole wide world. Um, and a friend of mine, well, no, it's not, it's my, uh, Bethan's brother, so brother-in-law, but I haven't done the dusty knee thing or any of those bits that make it official. Need, need, need um, to get that sorted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's just moved to Hove. Uh, Hove, actually. Um, does it does it behove him to it, it behoves him very well um and i uh, yeah Beth and i went to visit and i walked around just being like oh i remember this place i remember this one oh this was great and then i decided i needed to move to brighton um might be a bit of a commute but it feels like the Could right be. thing to do yeah i um i don't know brighton well i've not spent a great deal of time here aside from the aforementioned iccws i was i've stayed down here a couple of the times with with the day job but um, as I recently said, so last week I was I was by the ocean, but in a very different part of. I was going to say the country. I was technically I was in a different country, um, and I, I did know, step foot in that nation, ocean. Yeah. We are one nation. Um, I, I did step foot in the ocean quite late at night, and it was absolutely um, not to be technical, fucking freezing. Um, but being by the ocean, there's there's <laughs> something primal about that, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, just you know, getting here today, the sun's absolutely blazing. Yep. Did you, know, you get some of those out, lovely? ring donut things that they sell at the pit oh no i didn't i've not done I, that yet i fucking love those they're just so yeah. good there's, there's um, fresh hot donut covered in sugar i mean it's a diabetic dream i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get into some of that um yeah, do no. i do i do have um supplies for for when we finish recording this podcast mm-hmm. there's a bottle of wine which will not be finished by the time the podcast is finished and uh i've got here a um Flor de Rafael Gonzalez Habana cigar, which will be accompanying me to the beach. Because just sitting out watching the sunset over the water, oh man, life genuinely be. doesn't really get any better than that. No, oh dude, I I might hop in the car and drive down. That sounds fantastic. I'm here waiting. Have you got two of um, those. Uh, I will find another, or we'll share. We're all <laughs> friends here at TM and TM. We're all oh, friends. Just- well, now um, HR have dealt with that, you know, unauthorizedly. Yeah, yeah. I, it was thing. just a, it was yeah. just a, a misunderstanding. A snafu. Now, um, I have heard in in other news, you're you're a winemaker, professional winemaker. I'm I'm just a professional hanger on Um I have heard that you don't have to be posh to be a winemaker. Is this true? Oh, I don't know. I mean, you've got to be able to rock a gilet. Yeah. Do you, do you have to be posh to be privileged? Uh, no, still not. 
Do you, would you would you say that the job of being uh, a top English winemaker is absolutely fabulous? Yeah, well, I know where you're going here. Oh right, come on! <laughs> I just not I've steamed pictures. I've just logged on to Instagram today. You know, I, I yeah. talked to to Ferg, my my wonderful friend, joking, so my wonderful friend um, and co-host daily about our activities, what we're getting up to, what's going on in the world of wine, what we might talk about in the pod. At no point is he gone, oh, you know, Friday night, I'm just knocking about with Oz Clark and Joanna Lumley down the winery. I Yeah, can, come on, Ferg. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. So, Joanna Lumley was was. I'm, I'm not bitter. It's not about I didn't get invited. It's not that. It's just like, what's going on? You're knocking about with Oz Clark and Joanna Lumley. Tell us more. It actually gets slightly better. Um, Victoria Moore was there as well. So that was <laughs> Sound effect of me taking my headphones off, smashing the microphone over, leaving the hotel. Um, I've actually sent you another photo. Um, I managed, well, I didn't take it. Jack took it. Um, he managed to catch Joanna Lumley smoking a fag. <laughs> oh, you, I, I, I'm sure we can't release that before we've talked to her breast people. I'm That's sure magnificent. But I, I was, I'm, just... So just while we're talking, Joanna Nobody in history has ever spoken the English language better or no. finer than Joanna Lumley. Nobody. No, she even beats Brian Blessed. Yes, she does. <laughs> Just imagine if she spoke with the volume of Brian Blessed. <laughs> that would be incredible, wouldn't it? it <laughs> anyway, wouldn't I can't do an impression of either of them, so I'm not going to no, try and no, do an impression no, of both I'm, simultaneously. I'm no, so we were really. It was. It, that was actually. It was a very, a really cool little event um, that was held at the winery. So, um, it was put on um, in conjunction with various people. But uh, the the deal was, you um, picked up a British Pullman train, I believe, at Victoria. It took you down to the winery um, with Joanna and Oz Clark and Victoria Moore. Um, it then split so. One group went and had um, a tasting and a tour of the vineyards, and then they had a sort of, I think it was about half an hour, um, of a Q&A style, life story style session with um, Joanna Lumley, and then a much smaller number of people um, opted for a tasting with Oz Clark, Victoria Moore, and this fat, balding winemaker guy. Um and it was, yeah, it was really cool. We had like 140-odd people down. Um, there was lunch, uh, which is always fun. And, yeah, the tasting was great. And it was it was really cool. I actually really enjoyed Obviously, always a pleasure to taste with Oz. He's a font of knowledge. Yes, um, it's, it's quite It's quite impressive. Um, a lot of jokes about Julie Goulden, but, which were mainly <laughs> lost on me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but, I'm quite um, enjoying that. Yeah, <laughs> but tasting with Victoria was 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 really <clears throat> interesting. She has a palate that I I I envy to to quite a high. I mean, phenomenal palate, phenomenal understanding of wine and 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 the science of wine, the science of taste. Um, incredible, really cool experience. So I did that on Sunday. So I sort of I went Bruce on Friday. I went to Alton Towers on Saturday. Um, then got up at about 6am, drove down to the to be at the winery for midday, um, picking up Jack somewhere near Cheveley, um, strange bit of the world, 
and then and then and then did a chasing with Oz Clark and Victoria Moore. And just like, oh well, this is this is a perfectly normal weekend then. Um, <laughs> but amazing, yeah, really good fun. Um, highly highly recommend it. I think if I, yeah, yeah, it was fun. Absolutely amazing. What was the um, what was Oz Clark's favourite wine? If he if he gave that away. Um, well, convincing us to like any of my wines is difficult. He is the judge of wine she be. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a massive secret that I don't always do very well at wine GB. I do okay. Um, we picked up trophy for best English red last year. Um, but I don't, you know, I'm not, it's not, it's not Gusborne's mountain of gold. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, here's some silvers and AN gold for you. Ferg, thanks for entering. Please come there was, again. There next was a load year. of cynical stuff I was going to say, but I'd better not because we don't have a strong enough legal team. So we don't have a legal team. You know, he exactly. He, Brett quit. Unbelievable. <laughs> Appalling. There, there just wasn't much room in the office for him. So <laughs> I thought he was a really fun guy. Hey, I just told him to button it one too many times. <laughs> Stop talking shiitake. Um, wow yeah so that that was the thing that happened I think ultimately he just looked in the mirror one day and went the world's my oyster (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that's Um, the thing that happened Uh, really good fun Um, but yeah so Lee you've just finished a pint of Guinness which is uh, I think is always good preparation for any tasting but what are you drinking next uh well i've got to have a swig of water because i've just had a guinness actually it may not be my first guinness of the has evening. it revived you do you feel like you're ready to bear children now um i feel like i'm ready to bear arms perhaps <laughs> but um i don't see no, how anyone it... could misconstrue this <laughs> see because because one is restorative, two is palliative with Guinness. And then be- beyond that, well, I mean, that's entering the world of dreams, isn't it? <laughs> so um, what I'm, I, I, so whilst I'm, you know, here in Brighton and the sun was shining and I, I knew we were going to record, I thought, well, um, I might have a wander up and see if I can find a little wine shop. Because obviously here in Brighton, you've got butlers. Um, yeah, who I, I think a, a brilliant, brilliant wine merchant. With a great team behind them, obviously very long established, great sartorial style uh, butlers across the board, but a brilliant wine selection. But unfortunately, they're closed on Mondays, um, so I couldn't go and see them. So I wandered up and I found a little place called Wine Barrel, who I'm not familiar with. uh, But again, I'm not Mm -hmm. from this area. Uh, Wandered in, you know, very welcoming, nice spread of, you know, wine spirits, this proper wine shop. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw a bottle on the shelf that had two skulls on it, and instantly I was attracted to this. And then I saw that the name of the wine is Time Waits for No One. It was sold. I didn't I didn't even know what it was. The guy behind the counter said, oh, it's a, it's a white Zinfandel. I was like, I don't care. It's got two skulls on it, and it's called Time Waits for No One. I am buying this, and I'm goddamn well going to enjoy it, sir. Thank you. Um, so I've, I've got a bottle of this. Um, it's described as young, fresh, fruity. Time Waits for No One. Okay. Um, it's from a producer called Finca Bacara uh, in Humia, or Jamila, as my friend likes to call them. 
mm-hmm. so in, in sort of southeast Spain. Uh, and it's a 100% Monastrel Ecologico. Uh, we might know it. Yeah, we, you know, our our listener may know it as Mavedra or Mataro, Mm -hmm. Um, but Monastrel, small, thick-skinned berries, you know, thick skins generally cause lots of colour, lots of tannin. Um, It can actually be very tannic. The the French have a nickname for it, which is Etrongle Chienne, or the Dog Strangler, um, which really ruined my alter ego. But uh, anyway... (laughs) Can often be quite meaty, quite herby. Yeah. Um, it, it, it certainly it's it's one of those varieties that you know was really popular, lost a lot of ground. It's somehow transplanted uh, to various. I think probably most famously outside of Spain in Bandol, um, where you've got, of course, the fabulous Domaine Tompier uh, or mm-hmm. Tempia or Tempier or who knows? I pronounce it Domaine Tompier. Um, their wines are absolutely magnificent, brilliant stuff. Bit in Australia, a uh, bit in California. See it blended quite a bit now with Garnacha, and I think because you've got that deep, deep, meaty, dark, herby thing, uh, and then mm. the nice bright red fruit of, of Grenache. Um, nice. and, and interestingly, so, you know, someone was telling me about young vines uh, recently and saying that oh, they're really, really good. But Monastrel generally needs like five years before you get anything usable from it. Um, uh, so, uh, so because they've not hired English terroir as their consultant. That's, that, that's the problem. You see, mm. anybody yeah. taking longer. English yeah. Tower. So, yeah, so they're just, doing, they're just doing it wrong. So, but that's so that's that that region. That's sort of that's quite mountainous, isn't it? So, that? yeah. So, so, so down in the southeast, sort of got Mediterranean coast, and you've got the the Meseta Central, and you've mm. got all these sort of um, valleys, ridges, mountains, the Serranía. So mm. it's quite hilly, quite mountainous. So Humia itself. I think ranges between like four and eight hundred, four to nine hundred meters above sea level. It's yeah. this really interesting thing in, in certain parts of Spain. I remember a few years ago being out in Rueda, which is a fabulous, mm. the, the the best morcilla I've ever eaten anywhere yeah. in Rueda. Because everywhere in Spain they do their own form of morcilla. It's all slightly different. Yeah, um, yeah. The very best that I've eaten was in Rueda. And you sort of go there and you're like, again, you're 900 metres above sea level, really hot days, very cold nights, you know, wonderful conditions. Say, great for diurnal variation. You get great diurnals. Hot, hot day, cool summer, cool evenings, cool nights. So you get that great acidity. Yeah, I mean, the I'm diurnals sure. there are thigh rubbingly good, right? If you're into diurnals, <laughs> that's where you want you to are be. Literally rubbing away the material of your trousers as you stare at it. Well, I'm just glad they look like shorts now. Um, but you, you know that you've got these really rocky soils, and I remember being there. So I was there in the height of summer and picking this rock up and dropping it immediately, not because I'm weak and feeble, although I am. It was so what? hot. This you could not hold this rock in your hand. Mm. It was so hot. I mean, you could have fried really? an egg on it. Um, really? I mean, why you'd want to do that? They have kitchens in Spain. They have cookery equipment. You don't need mm. to do it that way. But you could have done. Um, but but this thing about you know in in South America they're going about we've got altitude we've got altitude we're really special that's what we've got and and they have and it's brilliant. I'm being out in in the red again. Why are you not talking about this? Because people get altitude interested. Good for wine. Loads mm. of stuff goes on. High quality grapes. You know has its challenges to work. There's a story in altitude. Yeah. And the Spanish just is like well, it's that shrug of his shoulders like well you know. So, so there's some altitude here, and down. So, Humia is is sandwiched between 
uh, Yekla and, and Bulas. And it's probably considered the best of, of the um, the Dio's in Rothia. Minimum 80% Monastrell, even in the whites. No, I'm, uh, that was a lot funnier in my own head, that. Um, sort of like a 1970s club comic sort of gag, that, isn't it? That felt really. a bit... Bit lackluster, maybe. I, th- I think you, you know what the, you know what the key to comedy is, don't you, Berg? Timing. Um, Very good. Yeah, they've had grapes there since the Romans. Um, I don't know what else the Romans did for them. Uh, Romans but obviously, during during Phylloxera, uh, you know, the, the French moved into Spain. They did find their way down to Yuma. Phylloxera didn't actually really get there until the eighties, the nineteen eighties. In yeah, Yuma, so it took say, a long that, time. Is that because the soil. Because it is quite thin soil, isn't it? So it's, it's not much sort of biological matter. It, it's thin soils. There's lots of sandy soils in Spain as well. Mm. Um, and and phylloxera doesn't, that, that's one thing it doesn't really it doesn't do very well in, in sandy soils. But of course, 1989, you've got the new wave of Spanish winemaking. So up until mm. 1989, before phylloxera really affects it, you've got like really traditional lots of oak, kefty extraction. 1989, yeah. phylloxera hits, sudden reassessment of what they're doing, that idea of, well, maybe we need to move towards something finer, um, lighter expressions, so on and so forth. So it's, it's arid, it's it's continental. Um, you've got quite a bit of lime in the soil, so it's good for water retention, and you've got altitude. So Amazing. there's a lot of stuff that you look at and you go, it shouldn't work. But then it's been like when I'm teaching WSET, you go, where is it? Why shouldn't it work? What's the... There's usually a geological factor in every wine region. You go, that's what makes this region work. Uh, and they obviously said, you know, South America altitude, down here you've got altitude. Um, so the producer I've got here, uh, established in 2016, uh, minimal, oh, minimal intervention young. sort of thing. Yeah, quite new. I, I don't know how to cope with young young vines because apparently they're brilliant, but it, from the sounds of it, they've not consulted with English terroir yet. Um, I wonder if they planted Sabal. Well, no, they haven't. Um, yeah, just plant Saval everywhere. Plant, Let's do it. Just plant Saval. I mean, it worked I, for England in the 90s, apparently. I, I did um, see English Tower getting very excited uh, about the the signs that Rondo is showing currently. And I just wondered if, you know, they have that thing, if you're kidnapped, how would you tell yeah. people on social media that you've been kidnapped? It'd be like me tweeting, I don't like Ronnie O'Sullivan. Or something, <laughs> um, you know. Is this is this is this Father Elias's way of Rondo's great? Let's get really excited about it. Is that has he been kidnapped? Did he really say that? Yeah. Well, he didn't oh, say Rondo's great. Let's get excited, but he was very excited that the fact that the Rondo was coming to life. Oh uh, yeah, no, and that'd be a bit I, like I don't I know really if, if if but you were on the. Could... Oh no! After no, 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 do you so. I, I was going to say the only good Rondo vine in my eyes is a dead one. Um, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be like being a, a crew member on the USCS Nostromo, right? And that thing's mm. burst out of Kane's stomach. Yeah. And you'd be going, oh, that looks good. No, it doesn't. That thing's going to kill us all. Could we just not do that? Should we not uh, do that? But... Yeah. Um, Anyway, Rondo. But yeah, anyway, so I've got weirdly, this. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I was going to say, weirdly, Oz Clark thinks that we've someone's finally got Rondo and English wine has finally cracked it. Um, at which point I was like, oh dear, age is finally catching up with you, Oz. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a slight hypothesis on that. 
Mm. I think there is something you can do to Rondo, um, which is put it in a bin fire. Um, no. You could dig it up. Yeah. And then plant Pinot Noir. Yeah. That. That. Or make it as a fun, self-aware, light sparkling red. So Ingrid at Dunleavy. She's done this sort of thing. And, yeah. and actually all angels did one as well, where they did mm. it as like a, a rondo light sparkling red. Um, and it really worked. Like good yeah. acid, nice bit of fruit. It lost all that sort of peanutage, smoky, dry thing. Yeah. But with the, like, the balance of acidity on it, you're like, do you know what? So I remember tasting the all angels example mm. and thinking, I, I, I had it around a Christmas time. I remember tasting that and thinking, do you know what? Boxing Day leftover feast that you have. What's for lunch? Whatever's left over Literally from yesterday. And the got, best meal of Christmas. Isn't it? it A is. glass of like the All Angels or Dunleavy Sparkling Rondo with that. Brilliant. Act, you know what? Perfect you know match. what I'd like um, with my Port. Boxing Day feast? Port's not a bad shout. I was going to go with Vintage Krug. Oh, can I come to yours for Christmas? Well, no, it's all right. You've got Rondo. You'll be fine. Uh, we'll we'll do a trade. No. So I'll send you a bottle of Rondo to have with your no. Krug, and you send me a <laughs> bottle of Krug to have with my Rondo, and then we can compare notes. Yep. No, that that's works. Not yep. That works. Um, mm. I I think our listener should decide. Dear listener, should for Christmas I send Ferg a bottle of sparkling Rondo? And Ferg send me a bottle of Krug. Cast your votes now. I'm getting a really really hard end. You're you're the one who's basically brought this up. So cool. I'm um, I'm looking forward to to that. Um, Yeah. Rondo's great. Big fan. Rondo. Rondo. (laughs) Excellent. So, have you got that wine in your glass yet? I have. I've poured it out, but I I, I don't know if you, if you know, our listener will know. I have a deep fascination with the concept of time. Um, in fact, I have a deep fascination with most things because I made the mistake of reading uh, Camus when I was about 15, 16, which is, I think you should probably discover like Sartre or Nietzsche then and, and wait another three or four years to get Camus. Because the problem I, I had think- was I discovered Camus and just went, yeah, that's my, that's my life ideal vision. I- Sorted. I think That's... I think you'd be better off discovering, you know, girls and sex when you're what? that age. To be honest, what? yeah, much better. Much what? better. No, no that, those things only happen in films. They don't. They don't happen to real people. I didn't read That's... Ego Homo till I was what, 21, <laughs> 22. <laughs> oh, you player! You absolute <laughs> player, Ferg. <laughs> Did you go out like dressed like Huggy? No, you didn't go out dressed like Huggy Bear, did you? You just go out in a thong, in a thong in yeah, the shape that's... of a cockerel. It's actually all I needed. Um... That was it. That, <laughs> that was, was it. it. Well, for a nerd like me, you know, I, I, why did you pick up the guitar, Lee? Because I thought it might make girls look at me, uh, achieve the opposite of that. I mean, they weren't looking at me anyway. I then turned mm. up showing a complete lack of talent and inability to do anything musical. It made it worse, if anything. Could you at least go anyway? Here's Wonderwall. Oh no, because that was too popular. Despite being oh, from yeah. the north, and obviously Oasis is part of my blood type. Yeah, it yeah. was a case of um, 
And and also it wouldn't have the irony that it has now. So doing it now, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy. I, I, I always, I open um, with, if I'm ever asked to play the guitar at an event, which is, which is never. Um, and as I said, you know, the last time I played live properly was all those years ago in Oxford, but I have done a couple of other things where people said, can you bring a guitar? Just do it. I always open with, so I get the guitar out uh, and I sort of go, oh, it's tense in here now, isn't it? Nothing worse at social gathering than than a man picking up an acoustic guitar. So the only two things that can make this worse are if that man puts a capo on the guitar and then covers Wonderwall, and I proceed <laughs> to do exactly both of those things in that order. Um, but I do, I do like a finger picky. So I don't yeah, just do yeah. the straight up one. I do like a finger picky with lots of hammer-ons and pull-offs and like a Ryan Adams sort of style version of it. Um, and the same thing happens. Any women in the room immediately leave. And in fact, any men in the room immediately leave. In fact, any living, breathing, sentient entity leaves that room. I hear even Britannomyces leaves the room. <laughs> We've got a Brett infestation. How can we get rid of it? Give Lee a call. Get him to bring his acoustic. That's... <laughs> Solves, solves the problem. Solves, solves the problem. It. Solves it. Um, but I, I have this deep fascination with time. And as you may know, I'm, I'm slightly cynical because um, time isn't Ten. real. So time is um, something that the human race has created to, to give the illusion of order and meaning on an ultimately entropic existence. Mm-hmm. However, we take time as being a fixed quantity, don't we? And, and, you know, unless Einstein proved light speed. Unless we're traveling. So, you know, that that in fact the, the very concept of now doesn't make any sense from a from a true pure physics point of view because speed because light has a finite speed. So the entire concept of now is meaningless. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm stood in front of you in a room and I go right now, there's a there's a minuscule, minute like plank second between yeah. me saying it and you seeing me and hearing it. So there is no such thing as a universal now. And as Heisenberg proved, there's no such thing as objective reality. And a huge part of that is because time doesn't actually exist, yet we use it to to measure everything. Was it Einstein said of time, the only reason for time to exist is so that everything doesn't happen at once. Which if you've seen the Oscar winner, everything, everywhere, all at once, it does happen everywhere, everything, Mm -hmm. everywhere, all at once. Have you seen that yet? Any danger that you might taste the wine? No, I've got a load of other stuff to do. I've got. <laughs> I was. I was. I was going to shoe him, shoehorn in here. Tolstoy, Nathaniel Hawthorne, even Saint Augustine. Bloody hell! Okay, can I hear the Saint Augustine link, and then Saint we Augustine? Could, can we tell the others as read. Saint Augustine said, "What then is time? If no one asks me, I know what it is. If I wish to explain it to him who asks, I do not know." And the same thing has been said about my shirt collection. And your cat. And my cat, who is no longer in the box, but he's pretty pissed off that he was put in there. Can't, he's, can't he's not, he's furious with the Copenhagen interpretation. He's <laughs> he's trying to find Neil's ball. He's, oh, he's livid. He's got a little, like, toy mouse, and I've named it Neil's ball, and he just beats the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> this cat is good. Yeah, take that quantum physics. Hugh Everett, as many worlds interpretation that makes no sense. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go. Yeah, but it does, doesn't it? And he's just 
clawed me to pieces. I don't actually have a left arm anymore. That's a shame, mate. So, so shame. My, 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 my cat and I disagree on the fundamentals of physics, basically. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. But as Leo Tolstoy said, the two most powerful no, warriors are patience and time. <laughs> <laughs> patience what? is something I'm, I'm running out of in time. <laughs> Deary me. So, um, We're at 40 minutes and you've yet to put it in your mouth. <laughs> no. <laughs> Leave it. I will... Um, I will let the listener decide what was what could have been said there. Um, so I haven't, I haven't actually. And, and the problem is, the line that the listener's coming up with is thoroughly unoriginal and unfunny mm. until somebody actually says it in any situation, and then it's hilarious, despite yep. the fact that it has no right to be hilarious because it's not. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Taste um, the wine. Oh wow! So I hadn't tasted this. I, I poured the glass, you know, before I finished my Guinness. But this is. Wow, that's absolutely singing. It just, it's pouring out of the glass. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's like that scene in Aliens when, you know, the Marines go in and, ah, oh, they're coming out of the goddamn walls. It's like that, but with fruit. Did you watch Aliens recently? I did, actually. I, I, once a year, I, I, yeah. I generally watch sort of the first four, not back to back, but over, maybe over a series of four weekends. I certainly watched the first two because they're brilliant. Actually, the first they three because Alien Third Three is very good. doesn't get the credit it deserves, even from David Fincher. The assembly cut is brilliant. The standard release is dreadful. Alien Resurrection it loses the heart of what Alien films are supposed to be, and they've gone wrong ever since then. So mm-hmm. um, Prometheus and whatever the other one was called, dreadful. Uh, wait, dreadful. They, did, they did drag. Yeah, they did. Because what what you want in an alien film, right, is is a plucky crew trying their hardest but getting absolutely minced by the most (laughs) horrific thing you could imagine. (laughs) You you don't want all of this. Like you don't. They're not action films, even though Aliens kind of pitches itself as an action film. It's so much more than that. Um, Alien Three, nice slow burn, gets back to the tension and claustrophobia of the original. Alien Resurrections, like this, is just action and effects, and and it's entertaining because Ron Perlman's in it, and um, but but it's not it's not a true alien film, is it? No, not really. But I'm, you know, you know but sequels always they never they they always lose the thread eventually. Um, <sighs> eventually, event Godfather, great film. Godfather two, great film. Godfather three, Godfather dreadful. Three. Well, it wasn't dreadful though. You only say it's dreadful because you looked at it through the prism of one and two. Okay, that's a fair point. It it rounds out the story, but could have been substantially better. Yeah, to be How honest, I that? wish I'd never watched it. Yeah, the the that very last of... scene of that film I found hugely affecting, massively affecting. Actually, the very last shot, slow pullback. Yeah. Yeah. Which ties into to my thoughts on on time, um, and I believe it was Ovid that said, "Time is the devourer of all things." I hated Ovid at school. Uh, you know, I really hate... <laughs> How about <laughs> some Delmore Schwartz? No, right, um, we're that, done. Okay, that time no, 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 is the school here. in which we learn. 
and it is the I'm fire to, in I'm which to we burn. I'm my wine now, and this is going to be some <laughs> nice um, ASMR stuff going on. Are you ready for this, Lee? Go for it. Oh, that's disappointing. Um, oh, no, that was perfect. That, that was the popping of a can. That came through cracking, really well. It's a cracking, cracking of a can. Um, because tonight, Lee, I'm drinking You're going to be... Can... <laughs> tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be mid-shore. Uh, tell, no. tell, tell our listener what you've got. I am... Well, I've just held it up to the camera, so I don't know why our listener doesn't know already. <laughs> I am drinking, and just just to clarify, we are in no way sponsored by Mr. Mike Boyne or Bintu or Wonky Post or Howland Grapper, but I am drinking another of Mike Boyne's wines. No, we're, we're just drinking... sponsored by his offshore account. <laughs> it was in the Panama Papers, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got, he very kindly actually sent me this uh, along with my bottle of Electron, Um and it is a can of Electron that's been sat in my fridge for for a couple of three weeks, um, and it just feels per- it's it's the perfect time to drink a can. And this has always been my thing. So we we made cans at, at Balfour, and they they did okay. But everyone always obsessed with this idea that cans are the market for cans are festivals picnics, mm-hmm. outdoor events, things like that. And, and I get that. I do. Um, although I I also think that cans get hot quite quite quickly and actually they're, they're maybe not the best event for a hot summer's day if, you're, if you've got to lug it somewhere or you're not mm-hmm. drinking it straight out of the fridge. Irrelevant. But for me, cans, they're for the night when you're home alone or your partner's not drinking and you want a glass of wine but you don't want to open a whole bottle. And I am in exactly that situation as we speak. Bethan's in Leamington Spa. Um, my invitation got lost in the post. Um, I'm home alone, which of course means that I've not eaten anything because the oven scares me. Uh, <laughs> spent most of my time out in the garden because I like to commune with my plants. Um, and, but I want to drink because I'm recording this. Uh, but I don't want a whole bottle of wine because... Well, it, it is Monday night, um, so I've got a can, uh, and so it's it's Electron. So it's um, made in an egg, and it's got four weeks of skin contact. It's Solaris again, um, which you know is is rapidly growing on me as a as a as a variety. Mm-hmm. Not that I'll be planting any, um, but I love it. The nose, I, it's quite hard to nose a can, but. You get this peachy, apricotty nose, like just it's it's just pouring out of the hole in the can, and then very gently spritzed. In fact, barely spritzed at all, borderline still, um, but delicious. Really, um, it's really nice actually. It's got it's had a bit of skin contact. Um, I think it's I think it's. Um, Four weeks, in fact, of skin contact. That's real skin contact. Um, for me, you mm-hmm. know, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, no, it's had skin contact when it's spent a couple of days on skin. So that, that doesn't that's, count. That's not skin contact, is it? Well, it's, you know, it's shit or get off the pot. If you're going to do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I've never done it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's then been fermented in his plastic egg 
it's really interesting there's really nice sort of tension between the acid and the fruit which i which i which i really appreciate there's no reduction which is a common fault with with cans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's it's good actually slightly oxidative um but but it works because that's actually just part of the style it's not you can tell that that's controlled that's not that's not um a fault here um and it works really well, slightly brooding. Um, and according to the can, I should be pairing this with charcuterie. In reality, I'll be pairing it with probably a fried egg on some bread. Um, because, oh, it's good, isn't it? Fried, fried egg. egg with a bit of, a bit of some egg. chili or sriracha yeah. sauce over the top. Bang. Yeah. Um, um, so that's my plan, my plan for this evening. It's um, It's got a skull on the label, hasn't it? It's got a skull on the label. There you go. Look at that. There's a, look Skulls. at that skull. Listener, Skulls everywhere. Look at that skull. Look at that. Hold, hold it up to the camera, and I will uh, I will get a picture of you holding it up to the camera. Oh, that's the, yeah. kind of, that's the kind of thing we do, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to try and make it work, but I'm on portrait mode, so that doesn't work. Your torch is on. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my word. So I've just turned the windscreen wipers on trying to indicate it's that. Um, I, now, someone um, you might know happens to have a bottle, a uh, 75-seal bottle of mm. Electron, and that somebody might have rewritten the lyrics of a well-known song mm-hmm. uh, to be about Electron, and that somebody might be planning to record a video on it um, nice. to offend his neighbours and anybody who might watch that video not on mute. Um, mm. We will we will see how that how that pans out. Not <laughs> on mute and preferably on a different tab, right? Yeah, yes, definitely. But, so, like, I could go into incognito mode, start What's that the video. For? I'm, I think you're fully aware of what incognito <laughs> mode is. <laughs> start the video, mute it, and then and then go to where I really wanted to go in incognito mode, which is of course the stats database for the International Cricket council indeed indeed how how is how is the cricket cricketing at the moment i'm aware that there is oh, cricket cricketing with cricket it's it's chirping away um is it yeah is, is, is a, there the healthy sound of leather on willow there's a lot of leather on willow going on right now um yeah a lot of fun i i used to i used to i used to know a girl who cleaned cricket bats what was her name Lindsay. Lindsay. Lindsay doyle, Lindsay doyle. yeah <laughs> <laughs> There's a cricket gag for you from a non. Well, I'm yeah. going to say it's not that I'm a cricket fan. I just don't know anything about cricket. I'm not. I'm not what you call a sports fan. Uh, I, my, I follow the one true sport, uh, the sport upon which all other sports are actually based. Obviously. Theory, me. Absolutely not. Snooker. See, you go. Cricket isn't based on snookerly. What? What colours the cricket ball, Ferg? Red. And it's a ball. Yeah, got red balls in snooker. What colour is a cricket mm-hmm. pitch? Yeah, it's green. green. It's green, yeah. Yep. Snooker's table's green. All, all, all sport is based on snooker. All of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm, well, colour me uh, surprised. <laughs> what what colour would surprised be? Um, right. Yeah, so and I, I finally actually got around to tasting this uh, this Monastrel. So it's oh, really yeah. big on the nose. Loads of fruit, quite a lot of spice. Yeah. Lovely dark. It, it's got some of that meaty stuff, but it's quite controlled. The palate is big, but it's soft. 
it's like soft and it's round. It's 14%. And actually, it nice. handles that really well. Tannins are there, but they're so smooth. So like they're not, but they're not like that. Say like Aussie Shiraz, where they're big but they're round, but you, you kind of mm. still know they're there. It's just yeah. so gentle and red. that's um, it's a delicious bottle of wine. Very, it's got that oh, lovely nice. like rosemary, thyme, bay leaf thing going on. Loads and loads of dark fruit. It, it it it's like that change when you get into like late summer into autumn. It's mm. like that. That's what it smells like. It's wonderful. Nice. I like it's wonderful. That. So, so where, did um, pick, where did you pick that particular bottle up? So I, I picked this up from um, uh, a little wine merchant here in Brighton called Wine Barrel, which nice. is, if, if you know Brighton, it's on one of the streets that you'll find here. Um, thanks, thanks a lot, mate. That's really that's, helpful. You're very welcome. Um, I'm, I'm sure you'd find it there. Wine Barrel, mm-hmm. independent wine merchants. Uh, had a very nice French chap behind the, um, yeah. the counter uh, who was lovely. Um, yeah, perfect. Highly recommend it. Um, but but just very appropriate time time waits for no one with my current thoughts on on time. And and one of the things that I was sort of I was going to touch on here because we often talk about things that we've been doing. And I think I mentioned earlier, sort of last week as we record this last week, I spent um, the majority of my time up in Scotland, which is a place sort of in my current day job. I get to go to Scotland quite a lot. There's a lot of demand up there for teaching, talks, mm. wine dinners, wine presentation, that kind of thing. And uh, we have one sales guy who covers the whole country, uh, and he's become a good friend. So he's, you know, he's always promoting the kind of work that I can do because it means him and I get to spend a bit of time driving around together, chewing the fat, and actually going right. out and chewing the fat because we always go out. Whenever I'm in Scotland, Dan and I go out for dinner pretty much every night, and it's always steak and red wine. Uh, followed by a cheese board. Um, but uh, I had quite a trial getting up there. So from where I live, Gatwick is about 90 miles away. Right Now, it does involve the M25, but worst case scenario, you'd think maybe a couple of hours, wouldn't you? Yeah. So my flight yeah. on Tuesday was at 7 p.m. I left mm-hmm. home at 3 p.m. because I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't cope well with stress or pressure anyway. No. I certainly don't cope well with stress or pressure trying to get somewhere. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. for a flight. I'd rather be at an airport like with an extra two hours on top of the minimum two hours. That's fine with me. So I left home yep. at 3 p.m. Um, at 5.30 p.m., I was still 21 miles away from Gatwick. You are kidding. I got into the car park at Gatwick, I think, at just like one minute, two minutes past six. Luckily, got the, the bus had just pulled up at the stop in the car park. Yeah, I then had to do something that um, I haven't done since I last saw Penelope Cruz in the street, which was run. Um, well, I say that actually, that wasn't the last time I the last time the last time I ran, uh, I wasn't running towards Penelope Cruz. I was actually running away from Javier Bardem, but I had to run, got mm. to the gate, just made it through. We boarded the plane and then we probably sat there for about twenty twenty five minutes. And, I'm not. I'm not complaining at that because, like, getting planes to take off safely and land safely mm-hmm. has been really difficult. So I don't object to it. It was just the fact that, on top of everything, like, oh, maybe I could. Maybe I didn't quite have to rush. Anyway, I eventually landed in Inverness. My friend Dan picked me up, and we drove over to Mamp. And the thing, I suppose, the thing I wanted to say is how unduly and undeservedly privileged I feel in what I do because wine has taken me to the most incredible 
places. But I've actually raised the, the two favourite places that wine has taken me, and they both share similarities. Uh, but they're two quite different places, um, although they both begin with B. And both of these places to me are like paradise. First one, and I suppose quite obviously, is Barbados. I mean, well, that is mm. just what a place that is. And you've you know, you've got hot, sunny weather, beautiful, warm water, crystal clear water, all that. The other place is where I've just spent this last week in Scotland, and I'm going back in September. Is a place called Banff, right, right up there on the north coast. Um, right. And it's what a place that is. Again, it's coastal. You know, you're on the beach. It, it's maybe not as warm, perhaps, as Barbados. But who would have thought that, that both Barbados and Banff would be pictures of paradise? But after after a day's teaching, a few of us had dinner. Yeah. And we went down and sat on the beach with a bottle of wine. And we watched the sunset. Um, and at half past ten, quarter to eleven, it was still light, despite the fact that the sun had set behind the horizon, because we're so Amazing. far north. Yeah. And sitting there with really good people, chewing the fat, listening to music, you know, a bottle of wine. I was struck by that quote from Camus about when I look at my life and its its secret colours, I feel like bursting into tears. It's like, how beautiful is this? What a moment this is. And because I pretend I know a little bit about grape juice, how lucky mm. am I to have done yeah, that? Anybody cool. that's not been up to Banff, I, I don't know if it would have quite the same appeal for anybody else, but it's a place that is, it's, it's so peaceful. It's a calm, mm. peaceful, quiet place. Stunning. Uh, and I, yeah, I spent the week there and I'm back there in September. So lucky nice. Banff, hey? They're, they're, everybody's Banff. moving out and selling up as in, we, no, are you coming back again in about three months? <laughs> right. That, that's about the time it takes, right? Yeah, they're, they're out. I'll get there and everybody's <laughs> moved away. Um, but also, you know, how, how lucky I am that I get to meet and know wonderful people like you um, that has then led to the creation of, of this brilliant podcast, which really is um, a it's moment cool, of light in, um, you know, in quite a dark world. So thank you, Ferg, for doing this. And thank you, dear hey. listener, for continually listening. Despite our yeah, utter I nonsense. Mean... I mean, I can't believe Mum's still listening. To be honest, mate, is, is is it like she sort of puts it on and then she goes off and just like does other like go? I don't know, goes out to Waitrose to do the shopping and stuff, and then comes back and goes, I'm, "Oh, I forgot to turn that off." I'm not Never sure. Never mind. I mean, you you have to remember this is the woman who listens to the Archers all the way through the week, and then does the omnibus on a Sunday, and then the omnibus. Um. So you know, she's she's inured to 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 drivel. Um, so I wonder if that's part of it. That being said, be I it. do have do have a bit of a soft spot for the archers. But that's, uh, the th- the theme tune is classic. Uh, the the theme tune really should is. be this country's national anthem. It really should. I I firmly yeah. believe that. I'm I'm not, I'm not even kind of trying to say something, thinking I'm being funny. It's like no, that's mm. that should be our national anthem. It really should. I'm yeah. I'm with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, for nice. what what does the um what does the coming what do the coming weeks hold for you? For coming weeks, oh, I've actually got quite a busy quite a busy fortnight coming up. Which and then, celebrities and... are you going to be knocking about with next? Um, uh, no one, no one, no, no, no one, no one, I, no. 
No, no one you'd have heard of. Is it Jamie S, like you were hanging about with last week or something you were telling no, me Jamie about? No, Jamie T, he's next Friday. Is uh-huh. it next Friday? Is it really? Is he just coming down to Balfour to do a bit of tasting? And... That's in Finsbury Park, mate. It's going to be great. Oh. Um, I've got, I'm in Vienna next week um, for um, see everyone's favourite Australian hip hop band. Um, Hilltop Hoods, fist pump. Oh, uh, that's why you're doing it. Yep. So we're going to we're going to see them live, which is which is also hugely exciting. Uh, then so yeah, so. then then Friday we've got Jamie T. Uh, Saturday we've got a wedding, and then Sunday I fly to Frankfurt to go and fill some. I, I also have a at Balfour. We we also make a non-alcoholic. Uh, so I'm fly, fly, flying to Frankfurt, but I'm not staying in Frankfurt this time. I've finally learned that Mans is significantly nicer than Frankfurt and actually Very closer so. to the winery I'm going to be working with. So I'm staying in Mans. Um, Good thinking. So yeah, that's 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 my next sort of week or so. Uh, and then I then I thought I'd do some winemaking eventually. So we've got about half a dozen still wines still to bottle. Um, so I'll knock those out in early July, and then I don't know. I, August looks like I, I think I'll probably finish bottling in early August, and so then I, then I thought I don't really know what I'll do with the rest of August. But that's that's quite a nice thing to have. You just do just just do what what they do in Italy and France, and just take take the month off. They, I think they that's brilliant. Really, I think that's I superb. I love that they do that. What a way of life. Our suppliers have have gone. Yeah, no, sorry. Can't help you at Brilliant. all. Brilliant. It, it, come back to this. You know, we don't really get it here in the UK. We we live to work here. So that's mm. the wrong approach to life. Totally. Oh, I don't know. I I I, th- I think I definitely live to work, but I really do love the work that I do. And I think yeah, I think that. It can become unhealthy. It absolutely mm-hmm. can. It absolutely did at one stage. Um, but I love working. I love what I do. If you, I love going If you love work. what you do and you do something, you know, like we do, where we're working genuinely. I, I've just mentioned, you know, I get to go off to the north of Scotland. Mm. I'm down here in Brighton on a exactly. you know, beautiful hotel, beautiful sunny day, um, you know, in the winery, hanging about with Joanna Lumley. Osclar. That, uh, you know. That's great, but, yeah. But the whole I know there's a lot of mean. people doing jobs that are very different to that, and, and you yeah. have to go, that's that's tough when it's just can't. So remember, um, La Patrona works for Tesco, yeah, and they asked her to work outside of her contracted hours mm. to cover it, uh, whatever it was. Oh, could you could you stay an extra four hours or something? It was a substantial amount, mm. uh, and and she said no, I can't, and they said why. And I, I, when when she told me I hit the roof, I was like, "It's none of their business." Yeah. Why can you work these hours? No, no, I'm really sorry, I can't. Why not? Uh, no, I, uh, why can't you work contracted hours? There's there's a question. There's, yeah. Mm. Why? Can, well, we just want you to stay an extra four hours. Well, I can't. Why not? None of your fucking business. Literally, get not, out. Not, yeah, that's yeah. not how this that's, works. Doesn't matter why I can't can't work because I don't want to. That. Yeah. yeah, very frustrated that, but um, 
I can, yeah. I can tell, and rightfully so. That's that's yeah. not the right. But if you, if you do right something you love, was it find 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 a job you'll love and you'll work lots of days over most of your life? I think that is yeah. the saying, isn't it? Yeah, no, that that is total bollocks, isn't it? <laughs> find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. My ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's well. That was um, that was it. So this weekend, uh, you know, I was emailing a colleague this morning. Um, to mm. some, but basically, the the lady who does all the editing for the shit that I write. Um, and it is, and actually, if you read it once it's published, it, it actually reads reasonably well. And it's all because um, of Christiana, who's an absolute genius. She just takes my absolute nonsense. It, but the, the the thing is, what she does is really clever because it still sounds like it's been written by me. It still sounds mm. like something I would write and say, but is less bollocks. Um, but she was saying, what did you get up to the weekend? It's like nothing because I've got exhaustion. I couldn't get out of bed on Saturday morning. But, you know, the work I've been doing, I do love it. It's a great job. It's a great job. So, Spreading yeah. the gospel. Spreading Absolutely. the gospel. I'm on a mission from God. <laughs> Blues Brothers. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got half a tank of gas, a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> it's dark. I'm wearing sunglasses, and I've no idea how many miles it is to Chicago from Brighton. A lot. Yes, yeah, probably a few. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make no. it. It's not going to happen. No, the, 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 yeah, they're not going to get the money. No. But I could write off quite a lot of cars in the process, including yeah. a shit-ridden C3, if you want. Fuck me, I hate it. <laughs> Which would leave you cards yet again. Yes, again. Yeah. Yeah, no. So it'd probably I'd, make I'd life really... even harder. It would actually. I mean I I should thank thank the Lord for the small mercies that he has in his beneficence bequeathed to me. When you say that I'm I'm northern, so for me it's more praise the lard. <laughs> been I've been baptized bit been baptized in gravy, me. Because I'm northern. Ah, Bisto. Uh, Bisto. Uh, Indeed. Um, what's next on the running order? Have we got. Uh, we, weren't you going to talk about the. I, I was going to talk about this brilliant, this brilliant Spanish tasting, but um, I, again, I think I think we just. We bumped that over again. So I. Flavoured Spain, Anna very kindly invited me to her portfolio tasting at £67 mile. It was brilliant. But there's there's more than I, I'd feel like I was I was rushing through it, and our okay, listeners put up with enough nonsense. Maybe let, let's bump that to the next episode because there was some great kit in there, and I know um, a, a couple of our listener um, have you know <laughs> small independent wine merchants, and there might just be a couple of wines there that would be of interest to them. I'm on no commission. I just like sharing great wine, and she had some great wines. So sounds, yeah, sounds like, talk, like talk about them at some point. Should we start that at the top of the show next time? I think we should. I think we should. I think we should. Um, One of the things I think we could touch on um, Mm -hmm. is the TM and TM Awards. Yes. We're going to start. Yeah, we're going to start this. If if I was to, I mean, you're the the brains of the outfit generally anyway. But if I was going to try and sum up what the TM and TM Awards are about, it's about the unsung heroes you don't self-apply for this. And it's there's lots of people out there getting lots of recognition already that they thoroughly deserve. Absolutely. There's, there's other people out there who won't put themselves up for awards for whatever reasons, and they're mm-hmm. a bit unsung, and I think we need yeah. to recognise those people. I so what, what kind of awards? Fact, 
Well, I was going to say just on that, if you were to self-apply for a TM and TM award, I, I have two questions to ask. A, why? <laughs> Seriously. And two, <laughs> and two um, I'm afraid your application has been rejected. I think that the whole idea of this is that we want people. We we we're, we're really lucky, aren't we, Lee? We've got an amazing yeah. we've got amazing jobs, and we get, a, you know, we're 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 doing things that we love, and there are lots of people in wine in all sort of parts of wine who do amazing jobs, um, and we want to recognise them by sending them a really shitty mug, um. <laughs> And, and it really is. It's what I got you for really... Christmas, basically. <laughs> it's, it's dreadful. Literally it's every awful. expense is spared. <laughs> it's a really awful mug. But what I really love is the idea that I, I'd, I'd love people to just send in. I, I mean, we could, we're going to flesh this out. This is early doors. It's probably something that's going to happen much later in the year. But we just really like the idea of celebrating people in the industry in all parts of the industry who are doing amazing things and maybe don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, I mean, that could describe pretty much a hundred percent of the industry because we're all hilariously underpaid. Um, And that's true. But I think there are some examples out there of people who are doing incredible things um, who would find, who would also be, utterly uninterested in a mug and us saying we think you do a really good job um if we but... if we do this right if we do this correctly the, the wine trade will become a microcosm of the thing that every household has suffered from which is one of those massive sports to reg mugs right eventually yes. we get to a point in two or three years where every single person that's even in the in the most vaguest sense connected to the wine industry owns a tm and tm mug, a TM mug. And, and goes the fuck have we got one of these for what <laughs> and then and then when the human race is washed away and aliens come to earth they'll assume yeah. that tm and tm was was some kind of you know hot hot beverage drinking cult <laughs> but that only belong to a you know a very a very specific a very, part of society, very, very niche part of society. Niche. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think I think that's a really that's I think it's something we were talking about the other day, and there there are people who are who are who are going under the radar, and we're appealing to you, Mum, and you can't enter me because I get way more credit than I deserve anyway. Um, no, but, no, you don't get enough credit. I, I do get, get credit, me, but you I, don't get enough credit. I, I get plenty. End of discussion. I'm on pretty, pretty much every Balfour post at the moment is a picture of my Next. fucking face. Um, <laughs> but we want <laughs> we want this to be a bit of audience participation. We we desperately want you to, you know, if you come across someone and you're like, bloody hell, they are the hardest people, working people in, in wine. Um and you think they're under underappreciated. What we'd like to do is make them feel worse by giving them a mug. A mug, yeah. A mug. Yeah, look, what what did I achieve in my career? I, I got I got this. I, so, dear, yeah, this dear mug. listener, send us messages with, with with people who you think aren't getting the attention they deserve. So, probably like head winemakers won't get many mentions because a lot of head winemakers get a lot of attention. But if you know a head winemaker, someone who's not getting the credit, flag them up. Maybe it's actually the assistant winemaker because often they'll fly under the radar and it's, it's the head winemaker that gets the credit. 
Amen. Someone in the vineyards. Maybe it's someone in yeah. a in a in a marketing team. Maybe it's somebody who works front of house at the winery. You know, mm. and, and, and they're not getting any attention on social media or, or anything. You know, highlight them to us. And they uh, don't who have to all... work for a wine producer either, no, you know. They no, could just no. be working in a wine shop or a or a restaurant. Yeah. Could be working service who, just, who's just doing, someone who's doing a really great passionate. job promoting and talking about wine, whether it's in they're in a wine shop, they're in a on trade scenario, they're in a winery. There's somebody out there, there, somebody who's got on social media and sort of started talking about wine in the right way. Who knows? Flag them up yeah. because there's, there are people out there getting attention that they deserve. It's not about that, but there are people out there not getting some chops and uh, and they should be getting it. Amen. Couldn't so, agree more. So give us your suggestions. We'll, we'll put some meat on the bones around that at some point. But the TM and TM Awards, who do you know that you want to send a shit mug to? Mm-hmm. That's that's actually basically. This is a bit like you know that thing where you can email someone and they'll send a brick to someone's house, just a brick with no what? explanation. That's a thing. <laughs> is it? You can send, <laughs> yeah, you can send a brick. It started off as send a send a potato, um, so you could send a potato <laughs> with a message on, um, but you can also now send a brick. It's just a house brick, no explanation. Genius. Cost a fiver, worth every penny. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what we that's what we'd like to really start start talking about. Um, coming up in the pod over the next few months, we've got um, lots more chat like this. But we also have, of course, uh, Henry Jeffries at some stage, potentially late July, uh, talk about his new book, um, "Vines in a Cool Climate." Wines in a Cool Climate. I really should have got that right the first time. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's agreed to come on, so one can only imagine yeah, he's never listened to us before at all. Exactly, and hopefully it means he won't oh. listen to us now. Um, and a couple of yeah, we we actually we need to book some more guests. We've got a few we've got a few ideas. Um, but again, tying in with with the TM and TM Awards, if anyone has any idea of guests that they'd like to hear from, yep. let us know. Or and would they... you yourself like to be a guest oh, on TM and TM? Yeah. yeah? <clears throat> I mean, Jack's mum. Be great to get Jack's mum on, wouldn't it? And we've we've got to get Jack's mum on. We definitely. Really do I mean, I mean, she she, she doubled our audience figures. Mm-hmm. You know, I, how many people can say they've doubled the listenership for oh, anything? Exactly. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, Jack's Jack... mum. Okay, so actually, let's 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 lock it in now. So we'll get Jack's mum on the pod. Um, yeah, that's 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 going to happen. I, I think year. at some point we should get our most loyal listener. I think we should get Ferg's mum. Ooh, I don't know. We she's a bit busy like tweeting about the archers. We'll come up with a load of archers related questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's Have you do got that. Any? No, I, I could at, at best I could come up with something about Robin Hood because he was an archer. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was that's I was bad. thinking of peach schnapps. That's, uh, ah, that's see, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, um, see what you've all, done all there. I, all I can really think of when I think of archers is is people who appear to be perpetually tired. You know, you go, oh, David, <laughs> oh yeah, Ruth, <laughs> I've been digging out the cow shed today, and you're just, just perpetually tired. Yeah, but I surely I could have a spot on the archers. Uh, no, you're too northern, Lee. Oh uh, yeah, that's. 
that's a very good point. I am I am far too northern. And we I, I could be the I toils. could be the northern maverick who comes in, comes down, tears the place up. Shows I mean, them how it's got, done. They've got Jazza, he's Scottish. Yeah, that's, that's not north. northern though, is it? That's Scottish. That's a yeah, different... but it's north. Well Scotland is in the north, but it doesn't make him northern. Oh, yeah. Potato, yeah, tomato. He's across the borders. <laughs> what what is here we go? I've, I've <clears throat> you learn something every day. I've been teaching mm-hmm. up in Scotland. What is a Scotsman's favourite wine? What is a Scotsman's favourite wine? I don't know. Tokai the new. <laughs> <laughs> What's ridiculous is I've heard that joke before. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Or, or, or claret, because, you know, both the Scottish and the French have a mutual hatred of the English and are therefore allies. Yeah, perfide Albion, isn't it? That's it. Post hoc, yeah. ergo propter hoc. Mm-hmm. Tempest Fugit. Bridget. Tempest, indeed, Fugits, and we're at an hour and 20. Yeah, I think it's time yes. to finally taste this wine. No, it's time to... <laughs> Arrivederci. Ciao. Dear listener, thank you for listening. As always, Obrigado. come up to us on, uh, on the socials or on our email at themakerandthemerchant at gmail.com. Ideas for TM and TM Awards, future guests, if you'd like to be a guest, uh, thoughts, ideas, keep them coming. As always, we do appreciate you uh, you're listening in. Thank you. Um, Ferg, always a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for this. Sorry, it's been a, a, bit, a bit loose from my end. Totally unprepared, unplanned, all over the shop at the minute. I mean, that is basically how every episode comes across anyway, so I wouldn't worry. It is. is. It's even less scripted. Great fun. Dude, (laughs) thank you very much. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks for listening. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.